You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook, where you'll find all of our episodes. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play, wherever you find podcasts. You will find the Locked On Packers podcast, the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why, and how, and that tag is particularly appropriate for this episode today because we're going to spend our day going into questions from you guys on the Locked On Packers fan hotline. Anytime you want to hit us up there, you can do that, 920-341-3775, about what you're seeing, what's going on, how you're feeling, and we're going to start with some venting, some airing of grievances, uh, we're going to move into some big picture questions about Mike McCarthy and the future of this team and then finish off with a little bit of miscellaneous talk, a little bit of draft picks and some other things surrounding this team, but they're all from you. So you programmed the show today. We're going to talk about what you want to talk about because the Locked on Packers fan hotline has never been as jam-packed as it was after this game. And I think rightfully so, so many of you recognized the importance of this game, where this team stands now, and what is in front of them. The immense undertaking, not only to try and salvage this season and and keep some level of dignity with this team, but what awaits them this offseason with the rebuild that is going to have to take place of the coaching staff and the improvements uh, in personnel that Brian Gutekunst is going to have to make. I wrote about it yesterday for Acme Packing Company. This is going to be a pivotal offseason, and the thing that they have to focus on is the re-engagement of their star quarterback. But let's get to the questions. Hello, Peter. What's happening? Many of them not very sunny in their optimism, like this one. From Kevin in Washington State, I feel cheated out of my football season. Every week I work hard, and when the long week is over, I look forward to watching the Packers play. But every week after the game, I'm feeling, I'm left feeling empty. Work isn't supposed to pick me up after a loss. Football is supposed to pick me up after a long week. Discouraging. And I think a lot of Packers fans feel that way. I know that there's a lot of people in my life who Monday... When after the Packers lose is brutal. And for a lot of fans and a lot of you listening, I'm sure, that Monday podcast after a loss is gutting. It's difficult to deal with and can be frustrating. And even the fans who generally lean toward cynicism and pessimism are not looking forward to the breakdown of a game in which the Packers come up short of expectations. And that's been... Basically, every game this season, even games the Packers have won, you look at the comeback game against the 49ers, they should not have had to come back to beat that team. You look at the Bills game 
Aaron Rodgers mentioned it. They should have won that game 40 to nothing, not just 22 to nothing. And the Bears game, I mean, that was incredible, but then you come away with this this cloud that hangs over it. Like, okay, but is Rodgers going to be okay? And the answer is not really. So, I mean, that's that's complicating in all of this, and, and I understand it. So I appreciate those of you who have stuck with the show, who are going to continue to stick with the show. I'm going to do my best to elevate my game, to make sure that you're staying engaged, that you're staying locked on, because the season, for all intents and purposes, is is nearing its end in terms of playoff hopes and any of that. But that doesn't mean that it's not useful. It doesn't mean it's not entertaining. And we're going to get to some of that stuff uh, as it becomes necessary in terms of you know what what we think the best outcome of the rest of the season is going to look like. But first, let's hear from our pal Tim from Milwaukee. Hey, Peter. What's happening? Tim from Milwaukee checking in as we close out another season, this one being the 100th season of Green Bay Packer football. Uh, yes, it is over, and it is sad to say they could not beat the Vikings. Um, I just it, – it's sad, you know. It's really sad, Peter. I just feel like, you know, as a Packer fan, it's just it's just disappointing. I mean, this team literally has – no heart. They have no no fight. There was just they, they, the team did not play like their season was on the line, which it was, and they're done. And so, you know, I'm not really interested in hearing about the stats. Um, it's over, you know. So we have to watch the next few weeks and see what this team does. I'm assuming Rodgers will start one or two more games. Um, and then once it's painfully obvious that it's mathematically impossible, I think we'll see Deshaun Kaiser. But uh, I'll stay locked on and uh, anticipate your coverage. As always, keep up the good work, Peter. Thank you very much. Have a good one. Go Pack Go in 2019. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of Packer fans who feel like Tim. But I do think there is a benefit to having young players understand what winning looks like, who understand what a winning culture looks like, and who understand every week preparation is not, your reps are what dictate your playtime. And what you don't want to be is on a team that is playing with no consequences. So you want Oren Burks to, to, to show something. You want him to play, but you also want him to understand that if he's not the best player, he shouldn't be playing. Those that's a that's a fine line for any team to walk. Luckily for Green Bay right now, they're so banged up that they don't even have to worry about that because Josh Jackson is going to play, Jair Alexander is going to play, these three rookie receivers are going to play. And so you're not looking at this team going, "Well, they got to play the young guys." Well, those the young guys are already playing. And that is part of the reason why there's been some issues offensively. The continuity has not been there and why the defense has been somewhat inconsistent. Although I think the defense has has played to expectations for much of the season, especially when you consider how injured it has been. You want Kevin King to get healthy and build some momentum for next year. And I would love to see Josh Jackson get some time at safety. And I would love to see Marquez Valdez-Scantling reestablish himself in this league and see Jamon Moore maybe create something for himself. To see Robert Tunyon 
get some opportunities in the passing game. I'm not ready to go to Deshaun Kaiser in November. And that's just, it's not in my DNA. I think Aaron Rodgers needs to help play himself out of this funk a little bit. You'd like to have him with some confidence going into the offseason, especially some confidence in these young receivers. So I don't think it, it's pack it in time, but I, I do think that if the injuries mount and David Bakhtiari can't play and, and Lane Taylor is hurt and Byron Bell, who's terrible, then maybe you don't subject Aaron Rodgers to you know undue hits. He's only got so many hits in that body. But going to Deshaun Kaiser already, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me, especially since you know one or two games, which is what Tim said. Well, they should they should win the next two games. So if they get to six five and one, they can have a chance to make a run at the end here. Give them that chance and go into Chicago and see if you can't beat the Bears. If you win the next two and you lose to the Bears, that's when you say, all right, well, Jets, Lions, doesn't really matter. So. There's no reason to play Aaron Rodgers. And that would be a bummer. My family's coming to New York for the Jets game and and we're all going. So that would that would be less interesting if it's Deshaun Kaiser. They should probably still win that game. But that's not the point. The point is that that there needs to be a continuation for these young players of how to be pros, how to prepare, and, and you want these games to be meaningful for as long as possible. That's why I don't I don't understand this idea of oh tank for the better draft pick. They already have two first round picks, and one of them is probably going to be solid. It's going to be, you know, maybe not 14th, but it's going to be in the teens probably. And if they wanted to move up to get a Jakai Polite or a Josh Allen, they could do that. And th- those options are going to be there for them. We'll talk about those as we as we need to. Hey, Peter, this is Jiraiya from Las Cruces. If last week didn't do it, this week better have sealed McCarthy's fate. Don't get me wrong. I don't dislike McCarthy or want him to lose his job, but I just think it's best for both sides at this point. The team has struggled in the same exact areas week in and week out with zero improvement. Special teams is an absolute liability. The play calling has gotten so predictable that nine out of 10 times I can call out what they're going to run before we run it. And this may fall on Petten, but how in the world is Tony Brown guarding Diggs instead of Alexander when the season is on the line? It's sad and horrible. Jariah, I agree. And we talked about it yesterday. We're going to continue to talk about it. Uh, you know, we hit a lot of those points. You probably sent me this text while I was recording the show and, and hadn't listened, but we hit all those points. I totally agree. And... It is on Patton that Tony Brown is on Stefan Diggs instead of Jair Alexander. And what you'd really like is the Packers to be able to have an offensive coach come in this offseason who says, hey, Mike Patton, we think you did a great job and we'd like you to stay. Similar to what Sean McVay did with Wade Phillips and you have an experienced defensive coordinator. Similar to what Matt Nagy did with Vic Fangio. You have some continuity and you can give these young players a chance with a coaching staff that already knows their strengths and weaknesses. So I don't think that's out of the question. I think when you look at some of the hot coaching candidates out there, that that's a possibility. Someone like Lincoln Riley, Oklahoma doesn't have a defense. And so maybe he comes in and says, hey, Mike Pettin would love for you to stay. Josh McDaniels knows Mike Pettin's defense can be beguiling and because he's had to go up against it and maybe he says hey I think 
it would be great if you stayed. You know, John Filippo, he might have a, a little bit different idea in mind with the defense, but he also got to see Mike Patton at least twice this year. So he he knows what, what he's able to do, and he knows that as a, as a first-time head coach, it would be nice to have a steady hand as a defensive coordinator that's not your area of expertise, who has also experience as a head coach, but doesn't isn't going to be gunning for your job. Mike Patton has said, "I don't want to be a head coach. I'm not. It's not a role suited to me. I want to coach defense." Maybe that's exactly the kind of defensive coordinator a first-time head coach, offensive-minded, would want for his team. And then Sherry from NYC, hey Pete, Rogers mechanics is off because of the knee injury. Yes, he should be playing better, but I believe he is still injured. Oh, and I definitely think they need to revamp their conditioning program. Way too many hamstring injuries. Way too many. It is interesting over the course of Mike McCarthy's tenure how often injuries have played a role. And they've done a lot to revamp the the training programs and they they keep all sorts of incredibly modern and scientific readings on these guys' bodies and the energy that they've expelled to try and keep their keep them from overextending themselves, which is when you when you get muscle problems, muscle tweaks, that kind of stuff. Maybe it, it's a conditioning program issue, a weight room issue. I don't I don't have a lot of good answers there, uh, but it does seem like other teams don't have as many problems as Green Bay does or as a team like the the Chargers. And you do wonder why that is. And that if maybe a new coach would bring in a different philosophy there and that would help them with injuries. I don't I don't think that's crazy because you look around the league and it does feel like Green Bay gets injured more than a lot of other teams over the last 10 years in particular with Aaron Rodgers, all of the starts lost. Uh it it does feel aberrant and maybe a new coach with a new program would, would be able to make some changes there. I don't know. I, I mean, I genuinely don't know. But as for the Rodgers bit, I, I, can't, I can't go there. I mean, I, th- I think the, the injury affects him mentally and, and certainly the strength to push off and those kinds and create that. That has affected what's going on. And he doesn't look 100% to me, but he's missing throws with a clean pocket because of bad mechanics. You don't need, you know, if that knee is 80%, you should be able to plant and distribute your weight and step into a throw. That shouldn't be a problem. So I just, that to me, that's not an excuse for bad mechanics. The mechanics have been bad for two years. Three, this is year three of the bad mechanics going back to 2015. And, and you just, there's no excuse for it. There really isn't. And speaking of no excuses, there is no excuse to be cold this winter when you could be warm with Action Heat. Action Heat clothing is engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat via heating panels similar to a heated car seat. That's right. They can reach temperatures of up to 135 degrees and are powered by rechargeable 5-volt lithium-ion batteries that last up to 12 hours. Perfect for the hunter in your life, the skier in your life people who work outdoors, a construction worker. There are so many applications. My wife just works in a cold office. And so a heated vest is exactly the kind of thing that can make your day at the office a little bit more bearable when 
you're freezing cold because they, they don't want to pay the heating bill or they think it helps productivity or whatever it is. Action Heat is the solution. They've got heated jackets, socks, gloves, hats, and even undergarments like heated base layer shirts and long johns so you can stay warm and cozy from head to toe with Action Heat. And right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners to save 20% off your entire order. Just go to actionheat.com slash locked on to check out everything Action Heat has to offer. That's actionheat.com slash locked on or use the coupon code locked on at checkout to save 20%. All right, so I wanted to I wanted to play this voicemail because it is an option I hadn't considered and it's an interesting one. Hey, Peter, Andy calling from Vista, California. Um, had a question for you. I've thought about this a lot lately. Mike McCarthy, can he be traded while he's still under contract in the offseason? You had talked about the great respect that Mark Murphy has for, you know, Mike McCarthy and that they're friends and all of this stuff. So I almost see it being that maybe McCarthy won't even get fired. That'll be more of a parting of ways. But McCarthy has value, right? I mean, people are going to line up to get his services. So what are the rules involved as far as coaching, uh, as far as trading coaches? Does it happen just like players? Does it have to fall within a certain time on the calendar? Can we trade him in the offseason while he's still under contract if he agrees to it? I mean, I would think that would be a more dignified thing than firing him. It's just basically saying, hey, these guys really want you. And, uh, yeah, not fired, traded. I don't know. Thanks, Peter. So I think actually the 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 point about the McCarthy and Murphy respect factor, I think it actually works the other way. I think a trade in theory would allow McCarthy to pick his destination, but you're also forcing another team, the team McCarthy is going to go to, to to give up compensation for him. And if that team knows Green Bay wants to fire him anyway, why would they give up compensation for him? So when you look at the Packers' options, they don't really have any leverage to ask a team to give up anything for Mike McCarthy. Now, later in the process, they didn't get the coach they wanted. Maybe they'd be willing to give up assets for McCarthy, but that would mean Green Bay would have to forestall their own coaching search, which is clearly a problem. I think the, the respectful move, if we want to talk about the, the respect that McCarthy engenders in this administration for the Packers, then it's the, the Packers and Mike McCarthy have mutually agreed to part ways. You don't say fired. You say it's in the best interest of both parties to move forward. We, we thank Mike McCarthy for his service, et cetera, et cetera, and you let him go win his next job because if he's fired, he's going to get to go pick his next job anyway, theoretically, assuming there are teams that want him. And I assume there will be, especially considering how many opportunities there are going to be out there, how many teams are going to need a new head coach. Mike McCarthy would be a good fit in a lot of those places. And and Cleveland has been the name that has continued to be brought up. Maybe that's a little less likely now that that the Cowboys season is is creeping back toward acceptable standards and that that was what I felt like was the most likely destination for Lincoln Riley. Maybe it becomes Cleveland with Baker Mayfield, but you, Lincoln Riley may also think, hey, 
you know, I'd, I'd rather go to the NFL and prove it with not Baker Mayfield. But you, you never do know. It's just that Mike McCarthy is going to have options. And Green Bay is not really going to have any leverage to demand any kind of compensation for him, knowing that he's going to be fired likely anyway. So unless the team is going to trade for him now, you know, unless the Browns say, hey, we'll give you a seventh to test run McCarthy for the for the last month and a half of the season, which I, I can't see happening, although it'd be fun. It'd be interesting. I think the if you're going to go the quote unquote respectful route here, it is the mutually agreed to part ways and, and give McCarthy a chance to decide his own destiny. Hey, Peter, this is Trevor from Ripon, Wisconsin. We all know there is five or fewer games of the Mike McCarthy era remaining. I know you've brought up coaches that you like, but who is your number one guy you want at the helm next year? The more I think about it, the more I think Josh McDaniels is the best option, even with what happened last year with the Colts. Even though Belichick coordinators haven't been the best head coaches, McDaniels might change that. And I think Aaron will get on board with him because he sees what he is doing and has done over with Brady, and Brady is aging. I think it would be a great fit for both parties. Do you think the same way, or is there someone out there who you'd rather have? It's McDaniels. He's the number one option for this team. And I've said it before, and Packer fans have gotten upset. They, you know, they point to the Colts thing, which I think is interesting because he's being loyal to the Patriots in that circumstance. Um, not the new team, and and I get you know he he had hired coaches and and left them high and dry, but he had to make the best decision for him. And the the idea that oh it's not a good fit because he's not leaving, well that presupposes that he's not leaving. If the Packers are hiring him, he's leaving, and if he comes, then he's coming. So all of this this like oh well look what he did. I don't want that to happen to us. Okay, cool. But if they hire him and he comes, is he a good coach? Is he a good fit? The answer is yes. Not only does he have previous bad head coaching experience, but head coaching experience where he learned a bunch of stuff what not to do, certainly. Things that, by all accounts, he has learned from. It does seem like, despite the the bad history of Patriots coaches from the Belichick tree, number one, Bill O'Brien is starting to change that. He was going to be on the hot seat every year. He's been on the hot seat the last couple of years, and, and all he does is win games. And Josh McDaniels was not just allowed to leave. The Patriots, at the last minute, tried to sweeten the deal to get him to stay. Clearly, they think he is special. And then you look at the experience that he has with Tom Brady. That is a, that is a huge thing for Aaron Rodgers and this team because... All Rodgers has to do is text his friend Tom Brady, hey, tell me about Josh. What do you think? What's the deal? And all Tom has to do is, hey, if you do the things that he says, hey, if you if you run the offense, you will crush it. Because that's how Tom Brady already feels. That's already what he believes. Because he already, I mean, the quote is out there about the 7,000 yards. Tom Brady believes Aaron Rodgers can kill it with Josh McDaniels. What more evidence do you want? Plus, when the 49ers hired Kyle Shanahan, Josh McDaniels was the other finalist for that job. And what they did was they potted their candidates, which I actually thought was kind of an ingenious idea. If we we want to hire this coach, this is the GM we think is the best fit. If we're going to hire this coach, this is the GM we think is the best fit. And Brian Gutekunst, 
was the guy with McDaniels. They did their due diligence on one another. They're familiar with one another, and that was going to be one of the options for the 49ers. So there's already an understanding there. It's not just the best option. I think it's also the most likely option. All right, I want to finish the show with a couple of uh, extraneous, miscellaneous questions. I'm going to try and weave these in a little bit more, uh, especially once the season or if the season becomes just plain over, um, because I think you know it's important to to look forward and and find some reasons to be optimistic, find some reasons to really stay engaged, and so you know let's let's indulge in some fantasies and in some strangeness and some weirdness. And let's do that right off the bat. Hey, Peter, what's happening? Carl from Aberdeen, South Dakota. Do we maybe look at pursuing Jalen Ramsey if he does end up on the trade block? I am liking the idea of a couple confident corners to anchor our defense. If the Jaguars really want to trade him, sure. Sure. He's really good. But he also has to do what's being asked of him. And there have been plenty of times this season, one of the reasons the Jaguars defense just isn't good enough is Players are playing selfishly. They're not executing what's being asked of them. And Jalen Ramsey is one of those dudes because he wants to make a play really bad. And I get it. But you don't want players who would rather get their own success than help the team win. And I'm not saying that that's Jalen Ramsey necessarily. This season has gone totally sideways. When they were winning, he was great. And you assume if Jalen Ramsey comes to Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers and the rest of the talent on this team, they'll win. And you don't have to worry about it if they're winning. So, look, if if the Jaguars are going to move on from one of the three or four best cornerbacks in the league, yeah, that's a guy you want. The You trust your culture to be strong enough to handle stuff like that. And and this is our, our officially our first, I think, draft question of the 2018 season. Hi, Peter. This is Thomas from Independence, Kentucky. Um, just want to, you know, kind of let you know that um, you can go ahead and yell in the morning. It's fine. I'm fine with it because I kind of feel the same way. And um, kind of looking forward to Josh Allen in the draft, hopefully. That'd be awesome from a Kentucky fan standpoint. Um, besides looking forward to draft day, what do Packers players, well, not players, but what do Packers fans have to look forward to in the future. Thanks. This has been one of those very common mock draft picks for the Packers so far. Um, Clellan Farrell has been another name out there, the Clemson pass rusher. I'm a huge Ja'Kai Polite fan from Florida, and Josh Allen is that dude. He is a monster off the edge, athletic, just a, a game wrecker, and if he falls... You know, in that teens range, he is certainly the kind of player that I think Green Bay would be interested in, especially if they feel like, you know, this secondary is in order and they should. Um, I, I don't see them taking an offensive lineman that high or a receiver that high. And so if you want a good pass rusher, generally speaking, you have to use high draft capital on one. I would expect that they will use that first pick on the best defender they can, whether it's a safety a uh, linebacker, uh, a pass rusher, and then that second one, they'll go best player available. Offensive lineman, receiver, 
or one of the other positions they didn't get with that first pick. But I think there's a lot of different directions they can go, and that's what makes this all really fun. We'll be back tomorrow, crossover Wednesday. Jason Hershorn joins the show on Thursday to talk about head coaching candidates. We'll go in-depth on guys like Josh McDaniels, John DeFilippo, Lincoln Riley, and some of the other names that are out there. Bruce Arians, John Harbaugh. These are names Packers Twitter seems to be enamored with. I won't pretend to know why, but we'll get into all of that later in the week. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Leave a review on iTunes. Five stars. Uh, Let other people know why you're listening to the show and why they should be listening to the show. Tell your friends about the show. Uh, The the growth of the podcast continues, and I'm so happy for it. Thank you so, so much in the face of a season that hasn't been the best for Packers fans. So I appreciate you coming and joining this little community. Let's make it bigger. Tell a friend about the podcast. Tell a coworker about the podcast. Tell a family member about the podcast. Tweet about it. Post it on Facebook. Whatever you have to do to let other people in on this little secret that all of us already have. And it's not a little secret anymore. The top NFL show on the Locked On Podcast Network because of you. We're going to do more of these all listener question shows. I'm going to, again, continue to try and get some of your quirkier questions in there every week just to try and keep things light because it could go dark. Packers have the easiest schedule remaining in the league. They can still win these last five, can still sneak in. It's not totally crazy, just like only part crazy. If you want to send in a question, you can do that at 920-341-3775. And let's keep finding ways and reasons to stay locked on Packers.